expressive to people in the street. I never go on stage drunk. And I'm polite to my mother. So yeah, if there's a queue getting into heaven, I'll be in the in queue, I think. So, is he right? Or is his confidence misplaced? And what about the two young men who are getting baptised this evening? Can they be any more confident about their eternal destiny? Well, rather than speculating on this, on the entry requirements for heaven, let's see what Jesus said on the subject. The one who claimed to be the Son of God. There's a story in the Gospels about a young man who asked him that very question. His actual words were, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You'll find it in the Bible if you want to turn to the Bible. There are Bibles in the pews, or you may just want to listen to it, reading the story. Feel free either way. It's Mark's Gospel, second of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and it's Mark chapter 10. We're going to read from verse 17. How to get into heaven. It's page 1014 if you have a pew Bible, one of the ones in front of you. Mark 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not defraud. Honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We've left everything to follow you. Tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sister, sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the record of God's Son and God's Word. In three weeks' time, uh, Nita, my wife and I, are going back to Nigeria where we used to work in the 80s. And it's been a very busy week this week and in the middle of it all, I've been trying to work out once more, because I'd forgotten after 20 years, how to get into Nigeria. And how to get a visa. 
I downloaded their website, an excellent website, the Nigeria High Commission. I phoned them first and said, do you have any representation in Scotland? I don't think they've ever heard of Scotland, but they said, no, uh, you have to come down to London. Uh, and you go one day, and then you go back the next day to get your visa, and you need to do all sorts of things. So I finally found an agent who'll do this on my behalf. And I had to submit application forms from both of us with an up-to-date passport photograph with all sorts of questions that I've not thought about. What is the color of my hair? Gray, I put. I didn't know whether it originally or what it is now. What is your complexion? Fairish. All sorts of questions. I had to get a letter from our sponsor in Nigeria who's invited us there along with his passport photograph, the letter that gives his visa, a bank statement from his bank account saying that he had enough money to look after me when I got there, photocopies of our air tickets to Amsterdam and then to Abuja and then back again, and a cheque for £126.10p to pay for it all. I am hoping we will be successful and manage to get into Nigeria and get our visas. If not, I shall take a holiday as other people are down to preach. So, how about getting into heaven? In this story, you would think the man in question had everything going for him. So let's look at the visa requirements for heaven. List the factors in your favour which you believe might entitle you to admission into heaven. This story is recorded in three of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark and in Luke. And if you put them all together, because they're all written from a different angle, you learn all sorts of things about this man in the story. The first thing you learn from all of them is that he was what you would call zealous. Or, in modern parlance, he was a really keen type. He wasn't one of these laid-back people who's into spirituality but can't make too much effort about it. No, he was earnest. How do we know that? Well, one detail you might miss very easily with our own cultural background. We read that he ran up to Jesus. When I lived in India, which was even longer ago than Nigeria, I was in the market one day and suddenly something occurred to me. You very rarely ever see people running. Because time is a bit more elastic in those places, a bit like heaven where time shall be no more. And the, the only people you see running in the market usually is someone who's a thief, who's running away. Well, this man wasn't a thief. He was earnest. He wanted to know the truth. He wanted an answer to his question. And so he ran up to Jesus. Not only that, without any sense of status or decorum, he falls on his knees in front of Jesus. He's unconcerned about his social status, what other people might think about him, and without any small talk or preamble, he blurts out his question. Good teacher, he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How can I be sure I'll get into heaven? He is keen, desperate to know the answer to his question. Now, it's a vitally important question, but let's be honest, most of us don't ask it when we're young. I guess most of us think, well, I'll think about heaven when I'm closer to heaven. I'll think about life after death, as close to death as possible, so that I can make the change at the last minute and make sure I go in the right direction. But this man isn't like this. He is desperately keen. Notice the second thing about him that we learn from Matthew's Gospel. He is, secondly, he is a young man. 
the word young refers to someone who's come through childhood and sort of growing up and he's got his life before him like Owen and Andy he's not one of those people who thinks he can wait till death before he makes his peace with God he wants to know about eternal life now notice the third thing about him we learn from Luke's gospel Luke describes him as a ruler it means that he was responsible for something the word probably means that he was a member of the local ruling council of the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue in his town in fact some people believe that he was a member of the Jewish ruling council that the Romans had put in place to administer the nation on their behalf if so in either case it was a remarkable achievement for someone so young to aspire to such a position he was important, influential a man of unusual maturity highly respected in his community and this is reiterated by a fourth thing about him he was very moral in answer to his question Jesus reminds him of some of the commandments you know the ten commandments you've seen the film with Moses that he gave to the people of Israel on Mount Sinai you know the commandments said Jesus don't murder don't commit adultery don't steal don't give false testimony don't defraud honor your father and mother and the young man is able to answer immediately and honestly teacher he says all these things I've kept since I was a boy he is not and has never ever been a teenage tearaway he's not the kind that goes around mugging old ladies no he's lived a moral upright life since his childhood the time when he was taught the difference between right or wrong he is just the sort of young man that every mother hopes her daughter will bring home so all these factors that he is keen, young, respected, moral are surely credits that will get him a visa into heaven but there is one more that seems to clinch it all the gospels tell us that he was rich now to us this may not seem to be a factor in his favour as far as getting into heaven is concerned surely you say you can't buy your way into heaven no you can't but it was a commonly held view in those days particularly among the Jewish people that if you were wealthy if you had riches it was a sign of God's favour if you were showered with wealth it meant that God was pleased with you especially pleased with you and maybe this man inherited his wealth when he was born or maybe he'd worked towards it but now he wants to be sure because he's not absolutely sure he's got this nagging uncertainty maybe he inherited wealth when he was born now he wants to know how can he be sure he will inherit eternal life when he dies surely you would think he has good reasons for confidence now Noel Gallagher may think he's got a few things in his favour which will get him into the in queue into heaven but this man has certainly got a lot more even Andy and Owen can't match him probably not in the bank balance anyway maybe they do they're not keeping quiet about it so with all these factors in his favour surely Jesus would respond to the young man's question what must I do to inherit eternal life by saying just keep up the good work and live the good life sir, and you'll make it but he didn't Mark's Gospel tells us that Jesus looked at him and left him and he said one thing you lack go sell everything you have and give to the poor you'll have treasure in heaven then come and follow me 
Again, it's easy to misunderstand what Jesus was saying. It's easy to think he was just contradicting Jewish wisdom about riches and God and commending poverty. But that isn't the point. Being rich or being poor is neither here nor there as far as getting into heaven is concerned. What is important to this young man is the place that riches, his wealth, occupy in his life. Jesus, we read, looked at him, and the word is a word, it's not just a word to glance, it's a penetrating gaze. Jesus looked into his life, deep within him, a penetrating gaze into his soul, and he saw that this young man loved his wealth more than he loved everything else. Yes, he may have kept the commandments that Jesus mentioned, but he had not kept the first and greatest commandment, to love God above all else, and not to put any idols, any substitutes, in the place that God should have in his life and in our lives. The young man loved his wealth more than he loved God, so that his riches became his idol. What he lacked was what he had. And faced with such a choice, faced with such a requirement, he turns on his heels and goes away sad. The word suggests suppressed anger with deep sorrow. rejected he had rejected the conditions laid down and seeing the young man's response we read that Jesus then turned round and he looked at his disciples and said how hard it is for the rich to get into the kingdom of God and the disciples were amazed but Jesus said again children how hard it is for the rich to get into the kingdom of God it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God The disciples are astounded. Literally, the word means, the word astounded there means to hit in the mouth. If I can use a slang word, they were gobsmacked. They can't believe their ears. They are saying, in effect, look, if this keen, moral, influential, rich, young man can't make it into heaven, who can? Who then, verse 27, they say, who then can be saved? And in answer, Jesus says in effect, no one. It is humanly impossible. Only God can make it possible. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. The answer to the young man's question and our question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? How can I get into heaven? What must I do? The answer is, there is nothing you can do to get into heaven. None of our own merits will ever qualify us. No factor in our, factors in our favour will get us that visa that we need to enter God's eternal presence. And if this young, couldn't, young man couldn't make it, then not one of us has a chance either. The problem is not what we must do to inherit eternal life. The problem is what we have failed to do, which disqualifies us for eternal life, for entrance into heaven, into God's presence. Not one of us here has given God the rightful place in his earth in our lives. But instead we live for ourselves and we put other substitutes in the place that should rightfully be God's. Oh, it may not be wealth like this young man. It might be our career. Maybe another person. A hobby. An ambition. Whatever. All of us by nature, by fallen human nature, are self-centered, disqualified for entrance into heaven. It is, says Jesus, 
humanly impossible. You cannot save yourself. But thankfully, he goes on to say that what is humanly impossible is possible with God. And here's the good news, if that's bad news for you, which it is for everyone. The good news is, in order to make it possible for us to get into heaven, Jesus came to earth from heaven so that we might get from heaven, from earth into heaven. He came to pay the entrance fee and that price was that he had to suffer and die in our place. If you've still got the Bible open, notice the third occasion it says the disciples were amazed. Verse 32. They were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way and the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. Why are they astonished? Why are they afraid? Because they know that the Jewish authorities have said that if Jesus goes back to Jerusalem, they're looking to kill him. So Jesus takes them aside and tells them what is going to happen. We are going up to Jerusalem, he says. Make no mistake about this. The Son of Man, he himself, will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. There is no way any of us, not Noel Gallagher, or Andy Morrison, or Owen Brown, or the young man, and certainly not Peter Granger standing here in this pulpit, can ever gain eternal life by what we do, because all of us have failed and need to be forgiven. And the only way we can be forgiven is for the only truly good man who kept all the commandments, who qualified for heaven, could take the punishment we deserve and go to the cross. And that is why Jesus said, from this point onwards, I'm going to Jerusalem. It's no mistake. I need to go there to die. As the words of an old hymn put it, there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. Only the death of Jesus on the cross was enough to pay the entrance fee into heaven and satisfy the holiness and justice of God. And we know that the mission of Jesus to do this was accepted because God raised him from the dead, declaring that his sacrifice was acceptable. And now the door of heaven has been opened to everyone who will accept God's terms. But if we are to come and enter heaven, we must come God's way, abandoning all else that stands in our way of following him wholeheartedly. It is a costly business, not to get into heaven, but to follow Christ. And the words of Jesus challenge this young man to count the cost before following him. Sadly, he refuses and goes his own way. And I simply want to say this evening, the bad news is you'll never make it yourself. Nothing you do will qualify you. But the Lord looks into your life and the good news is He sees those things that stand in the way of following Him and He calls you to follow Him. The good news is He's made a way and you have a choice to accept the invitation or to live life your own way and to go your own way. And the challenge I leave with you this evening is what choice will you make? follow Christ or to live for yourself I finish with the words of another young man 
has been an inspiration to me and to many people. Almost 50 years ago, a man called Jim Elliott laid down his life for Christ in the jungles of Ecuador trying to bring the, this good news to a group of people living out in the jungle. And in his journal, which you can still read, he said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. That's the challenge. That's the choice. Just that each one of us will accept God's terms and enter heaven the only way that he has chosen for us. We're going to sing a song that focuses on that and then the baptisms will take place. a modern song but it really takes up our theme in Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my soul